following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. <laughs> oh, get too old for this shit. Episode 79. Alright, calm down. <laughs> Damn, that's scary. Uh, no, how are you just going to sit there? You're going to sit there with your stupid mustache and your stupid handsome face and your dumb smile. And you're going to tell me that Carrie Ells wasn't good in Saw because I'll tell you this. He was the only good part of Saw. Well, maybe Tobin Bell. And even Danny Glover was in it. But Danny Glover phoned it in because he's too old for this shit. Okay, real quick. Yeah. I think you may have pronounced his name wrong. Oh, how do you pronounce it, Greg? Craig. Yules. What? Am Carrie I going deaf or Yules? No, you, it's Carrie Owls. You, owls? It's you, you, Yules? Is it L L Elwes? Elwes. Really? Elves. It's Elves. Elves. We all know it's 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 no, not Elves. He's not a fucking Elf. Come on, give me. Carrie uh, uh, Legolas. Elves. And you have my come, come, come. I think you figured it out. That's perfect. I think that, that might be it actually. That definitely yeah. works. But yeah, dude, no. So what happened <clears> was <throat> he got bit by a fucking rattlesnake, right? I want to play a game. No. What? Yeah, but see, I live out here now, so he's like my neighbor. Uh he got bit by a rattlesnake. He starts going into like these crazy convulsions. This is slow acting poison coursing through your system, which only I have the antidote for. All right. I jump the fence. I go running past his guard dog security and everything. And what do I do? I drop down to my knees and I, I started sucking. You know, that's exactly how I pictured it. I'm sucking out the venom. Oh, you're talking about the snake bite. Where is the poison? Okay, here's a quick question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While he was moaning in pleasure while you cured his poison. What's so funny? Is he speaking with a British accent? The thickest. Okay. When he tries to go American, i.e. in Saw. Yeah. Sucks. I can speak with an American. And I God, love him. Has... I think he's great in Robin Hood. He's great in Princess Bride. Yeah. But when he switches over to the American accent, like, I, I hate to say it. You can't really pull it off. Not the oh, same that's... way I can, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, okay. Have you heard my American accent? Uh, a couple times. It's okay. Yeah. Would you like an example? Sure. Maka! Best you and I don't speak for a moment. <laughs> Ew. Pretty good, right? That's yeah, alright. I've been taking my acting man... classes for like six months for this shit. Like, just just humor me. My man Carrie Elwes does a better American accent than you. And no, he uh... was great in Saw. He was great in Saw 18 when he came back with that wooden foot. I have to go and get help. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. It was a good time. I like Carrie Ells. I'm just really happy I saved his life. And you know what? You're welcome, everyone. He's alive because I sucked. Uh, hey, oh, maybe, maybe uh, not. We'll see. I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're, We're damn. Carrie! Carrie Elwes! Elwes! 
My name is Emilio Estevez. I'm joined alongside Charlie Sheen. How the hell is everyone doing? It is episode 79. I'm the Mac and I'm bad. Give you something that you never had. How you doing, buddy? It's good to see you. Uh, I know we missed a week because I was actually really busy watching Alice Cooper. Oh, that's great to hear. How was he? He's the same as he was in 99. Like, he's he's still ghoulish. He's running around on stage. He's twirling that baton better than any fucking cheerleader I've ever seen. I think he might uh, be a mummy. Uh, a, a mummy? Yeah, like a real-life mummy walking among us and uh, devoting his life to music, which is, that's just fun. Dude, he's doing more than just devoting his life to music. He's up there shaking his hips. Sure. He's running around. Uh, he actually performed the song from Jason Lives, Friday the 13th Part 6, Man Behind the Mask. Oh. Jason Voorhees was on stage, chased a girl around, sliced her throat. It was fucking awesome. That's theatrical. Uh, that's kind of what he's known for. Uh-huh. Uh, real good time. But what was weird was, like, the opening act was Ace Freely from Kiss. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, like by himself with an accordion? A harmonica, actually. Oh, okay. uh, and he had And he had a keytar. And an uncontrollable erection. You say uncontrollable. <laughs> he had a keytar with a doing. hole in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ace. And that's why they kicked him out of Kiss, ladies and gentlemen. And that's how I ended up in the wheelchair <laughs> no dude it was it was cool but like ace freely was clearly like hammered and he hardly oh, yeah. moved and he was just in like jeans and a t-shirt that's when he's at his um, best man he was uh, the true wait, rock star of kiss i'm putting that out there right now you mean to tell me that he was more rock star than peter chris oh maybe yeah peter chris was over there like licking the back of his hand rubbing his head because he was a kitty there was definitely a distinct point in time where Ace Freely mistook Peter Chris's face. <laughs> so yeah, what we're saying is Peter Chris is just a big old Meryl Street back there on the drums. Uh, but no, dude, it was weird because like Ace Freely would do like one of his his original songs, like back in the New York Groove, mm -hmm. and then he would do like three Kiss songs. But sure. you could tell like he didn't want to do them. It was it was so weird. Oh, I think like, he holds he quite a bit of resentment for uh, Kiss the band. <laughs> Oh, no, definitely. Even though Gene Simmons just tweeted, like, a happy birthday thing to him. Oh, yeah, but he's, he's like, a fake motherfucker. Gene has has single-handedly alienated just about everybody on the planet. Oh, yeah, of course. It's Gene Simmons. I mean, the guy invented the dollar sign. I would think um, Ace Freely of all people would know that that's not a sincere happy birthday. He's Gene. managed to piss off everybody. What happened? Well, because gene simmons in the what, tweet, did he mail him a birthday card that had fucking kiss on it with a fucking, <laughs> like a, a bunch of kiss lottery tickets in it <laughs> just scratch off lottery tickets gene simmons you, you can only scratch off his freely's face give me a break <laughs> and peter chris's gene simmons mailed him a an autograph i was lucky yeah. to get one song happy birthday ace <laughs> the real presence for your wife love gene <laughs> But no, dude, like Ace would do like a, a, like an original song, and then for closer, he's like, "Okay, guys, I got time for one more song. What do y'all want to hear? You want to hear Cold Gin or you want to hear Deuce?" And like everyone... nobody responds. <laughs> dude, that was a thing. Everybody was like sitting down, and no one gave a shit what he said. He goes, "Okay, looks like we're gonna do Deuce." <laughs> all right, I guess I'll do rock and roll all night. <laughs> I'm picturing him like he's in fucking Spinal Tap with a guy behind him holding him up. 
he's just he's like wearing a leather jacket. He's all stiff. Hey, all right, guys. this one's called Deuce. It's only seven seconds long. Good night. There'll be no encores. Get ready for John Fogarty. And like somebody comes like, it's Al Scooper. Yeah, that's what I said. As long as it ain't Gene Simmons. Fuck you. Good night. <laughs> Dude, like, what he's saying, he's saying, like, the way he was talking. He's like, I'm back. I'm back in a New York groove. Did he know what like, city he was in? <laughs> One thing I know about people in Nevada, they love New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that while I was out there. Oh, no. So then uh, Ace fucks off. Alice Cooper came on, saved the day. He opened with Feed My Frankenstein. I felt like I was watching fucking Wayne's World. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, total horror show. If you're if you're a goth adult. If you're into horror, I just absolutely implore you to see Alice Cooper if you get a chance. Quick question. The guy's seven. Yes. He played Poison? Of course he played Poison. That's like his number one studio hit. And that's, that's my favorite song by Mr. Cooper. Oh. Okay, you're pretty cool. <laughs> I'm a goth adult. Hey, close with schools out because that's what you do if you're Alice Cooper. He knows the kids want to go party in the parking lot after the show. Yeah, I I was the youngest person there, and I'm almost 40. Mm, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Just one yeah. more question. I know I'm doing this a lot to you this episode, but... Yeah, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of 21 questions there, huh? Did you wear that hat? Of course I wore the fucking You did, hat. didn't you? Of course I fucking played. As a audio medium, it's not quite apparent to the people listening, but anyone who heard last week's episode, yeah, Mike is wearing that fucking hat again. Yeah, I, I have to wear it so you know it's me. I almost feel like if he takes it off, he'll shrivel up into a mummy. <laughs> like a that regular hat, Ace Freely. That hat just has all of your life bars in it. <laughs> you can't, it. <laughs> can't take it off. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse. I'm just over here fucking fat chicks, and I can't take the hat off. If, it, if you weren't on. so goddamn good looking at it, I'd have a problem with it. Thanks, baby. I've never seen someone look so fucking perfect in a hat before, man. Thank you so much. It just feels right. It encompasses your entire personality. This hat means so much to me. This I'm picturing hat is... you walking into whatever beachside hat store you found that in, and there was just like a glowing like spotlight coming through a break in the clouds, <laughs> like shining onto that hat in the oh, back of dude, the store. Ch- cherubs were strumming harps around it. Oh. And you felt hey, angels like pushing on your buttocks like towards the hat. I didn't even walk. I slid across the floor like fucking low pan in big trouble in Little China. And then when you brought it up to the counter, the clerk was just like, oh, no, no, sir. For you, that's free. <laughs> I spent 30 <laughs> bucks on this hat, Greg. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, he stole that to buy heroin. But technically, it was supposed to be a free hat. <laughs> free hat. 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 Uh, real quick, guys, I just want to put over the Slashers podcast. Slashers podcast. Uh, we have a short review of Toxic Avenger Part 2, Two. which is everyone's favorite Toxic Avenger. The big one. Yeah, so if you want to listen to our review on that, go check that out. Greg, uh, other than Toxic Avenger 2, have you uh, had a chance to check out anything in the past couple weeks, brother? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, I did. Okay, good. Bail me out yet again. Thank you. Hey, man, you know what? If you go back to 2019, there is a movie called Jack in the Box. It's streaming on Tubi, Mm. and it's also streaming on Amazon Prime. This movie had no right, no fucking right being as good as it is. It's about an ancient Jack in the Box thing, and it's not your typical Jack in the Box. Oh, yeah? 
It's one of those ancient ones that's designed to trap demons. Oh, one of the real old ones, yeah. Yeah, those real old ones. You know how that shit goes. Kind of with a uh, crank. And well, the crank pops out eventually. But yeah, it's like it's like the Hellraiser box. You gotta solve it. The fuck? Jack pops out. Jack grabs you, drags you in the box, rips you limb from limb. It's actually pretty fucking sweet. I'm looking forward to watching the sequel. A sequel I apparently just came out a couple months ago. Okay. You think there's so, yeah. a more a more modern Jack in the box in the sequel? Something maybe more like automated or uh, maybe even microchipped. What, like like the fucking Child's Play remake? Yeah, I'm just I'm speculating here, man. I'm just trying to get the ball rolling. I don't give a fuck I, about this movie. I wait, wait, what do you mean you don't give a fuck? I just told you it was good. Yeah, I don't believe you in that hat. What the, what are you what are you talking about, dude? I'm just kidding. Not, you look great in the hat. <laughs> not gonna take the fucking hat off, man. I'm trying to review Jack in the Box here about a fucking killer clown. <laughs> Popping out of a fucking box, killing yep. people. It's awesome. Like a tiny clown? No, he's he's big. How big is the box? Uh, I'd say it's about like a, f- a five gallon. You know, five gallon. Box. What the fuck? So do you do you have to like go to the place where the box lives and crank it? I think it's like interdimensional. Like he could crawl in and crawl out. He crawl. It's like a. It's like Pokemon. You know, like Pikachu can't cram into that little fucking softball size thing. Pikachu oh, he can because he doesn't have any bones. No, Pikachu has bones, Mm-mm, but he ends so. up... Are you sure? Yeah, no, I know Pokemon. He doesn't have bones. All right, to our listeners, please email... Uh, uh, My God! 42069. 69, dude! Let us know if Pikachus have bones or not, because we gotta get to the fucking bottom of this shit. The only time Pikachu has a bone in him is when I'm... <laughs> I hate every bone in Pikachu, but mine. Pika, Pika. Okay, but yeah, definitely go check out Jack in the Box. I was being facetious. It actually sounds pretty fucking good. I would, I would watch that. And the acting was good. Like, but I have like very it? little self-esteem and a lot of time on my hands. Oh, but Greg, I also rewatched Event Horizon and Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, both full-on classics. I'm a little more interested in what you think of Big Trouble in Little China nowadays, though. Even though I'm pretty sure I... you watched it like two months ago, and then two months before that but. big trouble little china is crazy because it's a movie for all ages mm-hmm. like it, you could be a little little kid like myself like myself and watch it and not realize that the, the the plot is human trafficking i think i was maybe like eight or ten when i first saw it and the thing uh, is the, the most violent parts of it like the goriest scariest parts of it are kind of comedic ah! i don't think he's gonna stop yeah when th- when thunder blows up at the end that actually used to give me nightmares as a kid it's it's a great movie and it's so fucking quotable it's it's the perfect movie lopan's a badass finally after all these fucking years at the age of 93 years james hong is finally getting a star on the walk of fame he deserves it absolutely he totally fucking deserves it round of applause has been in so much shit i think his biggest role is as lopan Probably his most famous, yeah. It definitely is most famous. I mean, he was Mr. Ping in uh, in Kung Fu Panda. Ah. That sounds kind of racist, but okay. Oh, boy. James Hong has been in American media since the 1950s, dude. He's credited for over 650 films. Unbelievable. And television credits as of 2021. That rivals the work of Sam Jackson himself. <laughs> I think he's got Samuel beat. He has to, right? I, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to crunch the numbers Absol- right here on the absolutely air. Absolutely have to, but at the same time, though, 650 movies and television shows is 
absolutely nothing compared to the amount of women that Gene Simmons had slept with. You'll be fucking fat girls in no time. Hey, so I actually did watch some things. I apologize for deceiving you earlier in the episode. Yes. I was influenced by our talk of Gene Simmons, and I felt like I had to pull one over on you like a bastard. Well, it worked. Huh? But I did watch a bunch of movie trailers this week. Many of them I good. I love movie trailers. Yeah, me too. Would you like to hear about them? I would love to hear about Okay, them. the first of several is called The, the Sadness. Sadness. Oh, fuck me. And it looks ass. incredible. It really does. This is a uh, Japanese take on zombie horror. And just from the trailer, it's probably the bloodiest thing I've seen in a very long time. And honestly, quite terrifying. And I can sum it up in uh, just a short sentence, and I think you might agree. But this is what M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening would have been if it wasn't total dog shit. Oh, you mean to tell me if it wasn't fucking Daniel Day-Lewis? Oh! <laughs> if it didn't star five Daniel Day-Lewises and a John Leguizamo. Mm-hmm. It'll be arriving on Shudder May 12th. The city of Taipei suddenly erupts in bloody chaos as ordinary people are compulsively driven to enact in the most cruel and ghastly things they can imagine. Murder, <laughs> torture, <laughs> and <laughs> mutilation. Yep. Now, what makes this so different is they're not just chomping on you. They're doing deplorable shit. They're just, they're crazed. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? They act like humans, but they're overcome by the sad. Yeah, it's weird that it's called the sadness and not the craziness. I, well, I, I think I 28 Days Later kind of patented the rage virus, right? So you can't go with that. It, it feels like a mix of the crazies and dead alive. Anyone who wants to check out that trailer, you will notice right away what Micah means by that. I don't want to give anything away, but liquids are flowing. <laughs> it's being said right now that this is... The most deplorable and violent zombie film ever made. Which is amazing. I'm really excited about this. So yeah, mark it in your calendars. May 12th, The Sadness. Just do it! So the next trailer that I watched was simply titled... The The Baby. Baby! Greg, how do you feel about this one, my man? Well, I feel it's about time someone... Made a Who Framed Roger Rabbit spinoff starring Baby Herman. And this is exactly what I was looking for. Oh! Babies are bullshit. They're bad at everything. And they ruin your lives. Especially if you're a woman. Which includes fucking up your vagina. Listen, this is nothing against the the MILFs out there. I love you. You know that. Greg loves you. But your is never the same after you shit out that bowling ball. The Baby is an eight-episode-long run. Basically, it follows this 38-year-old who unexpectedly has a baby land on her. And just can't say anything but let's, let's go. go for the rest of her life. It's really tragic. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, seriously, that's it. Apollo. Eight episodes of that. That's all it is. But no, apparently this baby brutally murders anybody that goes near it that isn't... uh. Natasha. Especially if you're in a Walmart. Especially if you're in a fucking Walmart. Let's Let's go. go. I think this is kind of the aftermath of Rosemary's Baby. Sounds about right. It's not even necessarily the spawn of Satan, but it is fucking up her life. In all the ways you would expect a baby to. Oh, yeah. In a manner of speaking, every young mother's life is hell. When you got a fucking eight-pound sack of shit to drag with you everywhere you go. (laughs) 
I'm Ace Freely. You want to hear New York? <laughs> hey, we're going to do Cold Jet or Strutter. What do you want to hear? Okay, we'll go do Strutter. I'm going to play New York Groove until I fall asleep. <laughs> All right, what's next? Well, I've got one word for you. Three fucking times. Yep. No. Bodies. 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 Whoa! This is generation-defining satire, my friend. I don't know if you realize this. Oh, God. And you know why it defines our generation? Oh, because Pete Davidson is in it? Because it stars the man himself. Yep. The icon, young Pedro Davidson, the prototypical Generation Z. And he's ready to rock your world in bodies, bodies, bodies. And I have to say, based on this trailer, I would rather watch the last puppy on earth get hit by a helicopter that was filled with all of my favorite celebrities than sit through this movie. It's also like A24 Studios, which usually does good shit. This looks fucking terrible. I get it. It's kind of like making fun of, I, I, I don't know tiktok culture or whatever the fuck it seems like they're trying for that yeah but i think they're a little bit a little bit on the nose based on what the the trailer looks like way too on the nose for me i will watch this movie because we are hosts of a uh because that hat's a little too tight (laughs) no i have to watch this film because i'm fucking obligated to because we are co-hosts of a very successful podcast. Probably the best in the world, really. Yeah, pr- probably. I've probably. heard that from one other person who also hosts the show. Bodies, bodies, bodies. I have very, very, very low hopes for this movie. Movie, movie. It's going to be on the- in theaters August 5th. Don't take our word for it. Go check the trailer out. It'll make you want to put your head through a fucking wall. It's Pete fucking Davidson. Yep, yep. He's got his head all the way up kardashian's ass i don't even fucking know what's going on anymore i don't Connie's gonna kill him all right moving on our next yes. trailer is called where, where the scary things are which i can only assume is a play on the popular maurice sendak children's book where the wild things are sure probably even though I it mean... doesn't seem to have anything to do with that this is a film about a bunch of shitty kids who find a tarman and their lives start to suck when they bring him home. I don't think they bring him home. I think they bring people to him. Well, whatever. Their lives start to suck when they interact with this tar man. What else would you expect? Not a bad question, Bert. You think you things are going to get better when you introduce that element into your lives? Ready for Stand By Me or The Goonies with a deliciously dark twist? Yeah, you are. The horror begins as Ayla and her high school friends discover a hideous semi-human mutant. As Greg said, Tarman. It's a Tarman, yeah. Yeah, it's totally Tarman. They keep it prisoner while shooting repulsive viral videos with the gang's hunger for likes. You've got uh, me you intrigued with repulsive viral videos. Actually, I think I kind of hate it already because they're doing that whole social media thing, which I, I absolutely hate in horror so oh, much. Oh, come on. That sounds very arousing. Driving them to film the beast performing murderous acts. When mm. one boy sees that Ayla is using the monster's gruesome violence to settle her own vendettas, he threatens to tell the authorities. But is he too late to save his friends? I'm actually, I, I'm going to watch this one, definitely. I, yeah, me too. I, I think it looks this, good. This will also be on demand and on DVD beginning of June 28th. I'm demanding it. Greg, did you, uh, did you see any of the news from CinemaCon? I did. But you might want to refresh me on that because I actually didn't. 
CinemaCon announced the sequel to Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Afterlife. So we're getting a, a sequel to the soft reboot that came out this year, which actually was pretty fucking awesome, if you ask me. I was going to say, rightfully so. I think it deserves it. Nothing could be speculated or said about the movie other than that there's a sequel happening. And I have a there's feeling, also... just in keeping with the theme of the last one, they're probably going to take Harold Ramis's head and put it on a mannequin and parade it around in front of the camera just for the nostalgia factor. I think they're going to dig Harold Ramis up and Gilbert Gottfried and uh, somehow combine them together. It, it's, I think Elon Musk is going to design something for them. And they're going to blow them up like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and have them rampage through, we can't be New York City again, so let's go with eh, Chicago. Yeah, no, no, no. They're going to go back to New York City now. They're, this is where it, it takes place. It's going to be in New York City. Or perhaps Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Yeah, starring Tom Jones. I might take out my nemesis while they're at it. Speaking of CinemaCon, <laughs> uh, it turns out that they debuted the trailer there for uh, Halloween Ends. The final uh, chapter of the latest Halloween series. Yeah, so they say, I mean, Jason Blum wants to do, like, a Halloween sequel every year. I don't know if he's going to do, like, a season of the witch type thing where it's going to... That'd be fun. Just I mean, sure, why not? I, I mean, Michael Myers is 98 years old. He killed mm -hmm. the entire town of Haddonfield. Still very uh, limber. Very, very limber. But yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis said that, uh, and I quote, this movie will fuck you up. I thought you were going to say this movie will fucking suck. Probably. The, the people that were there that actually saw the trailer are saying that it's very promising, but guess what? It's a fucking trailer. Pretty sure they're paid to say that too. I have extremely low expectation for Halloween ends. After the last dude, one, I would dude. rather stand on my grandmother's head while she drowns in a swimming pool than see this movie. Funny. I think that didn't that happen at a Travis Scott concert earlier this year. Well, she was crowd surfing, but she was still mostly alive. <laughs> they swept her up after the show. She still had vital signs. Well, you know what they say: anything goes in the Blumhouse. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a quality entry into the Halloween franchise. Sure, why not? Starring both Travis Scott and one or both of our grandmothers. I mean, but honestly, Greg, I don't think there's enough Activia in the world to save Halloween ends. Halloween Kills was fucking terrible. Probably one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. A full now, colon load of cinema. The 2018 Halloween I did enjoy. But dude, 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 Halloween fucking Kills was just... They turned Michael Myers into Jason Voorhees. It was like a mix of Jason Voorhees and John Wick. And there was a lot of nonsense in between the killings. That whole subplot of the other escaped convict. Anthony Michael Hall is the Jeffrey Jones of his generation. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just putting it right out there. You think so? Allegedly. He has that look, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Innocence dies tonight. <laughs> I feel like Anthony Michael Hall might have a better time playing Freddy Krueger uh, rather than just being a minor part in a Halloween film. Because he's a boogeyman be... in himself, man. Speaking of, James Wan is coming out with a new picture uh, through Blumhouse called... Oh, he's fine. Uh-oh. You're going to sit there and speculate that the guy from one of the greatest movies ever, The Breakfast Club, Edward fucking Scissorhands, <laughs> and Weird Science... Is a kid fucker, but the moment I say something about James Wan, I get shut down. Yeah, it makes you a racist. 
They had to make uh, a lot of edits to the original script of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little Anthony Michael Hall. They were like, you can't call him that. It's not okay. <laughs> you can call him Data. You can call him Short Round, but you cannot name that actor Little China. It does not fly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, short Round with the green eyes. I will marry him. Uh, why does it have to be Big Trouble? I like a little trouble at Big China if you catch my drift. Yes, we all enjoy a fan. Oh, God. So James Wan, of course, he created Annabelle and whatever. He's fine. He's coming out with another fucking doll. It's called Megan. But instead of an E, there's a three. It's scheduled for release January 2023. I don't fucking care about this movie. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. And one last thing before we get into the movie of the week. Concluding. March of the Penguins month months. Greg, mm -hmm. this is something that is near and dear to your heart, my dick. I am talking about the House of the Dead. Now, Greg was out here visiting me last month, and I think we dropped about $20 worth of quarters in House of the Dead at a casino in downtown Reno. It was incredible. Uh, the best arcade game ever. House of the Dead is getting a remake. Hell yeah. It's going to be true to the original gameplay. It's going to be two-player. There's a photo mode, mode, I guess, where you can take a picture of yourself and put it on the characters. So the cutscenes, they actually look like you. The House of the Dead uh, remake is going to be coming out on the Nintendo Switch in addition to PlayStation and Xbox. And will also be getting its own arcade version of the game with the guns and i am so fucking excited about this it looks sick i'm excited i think we're yeah. gonna have to um medicate ourselves and play through that whole game when it comes out oh motherfucker yes the release date for this is april 28th so it's already out baby it was a nightmare it all started a few days ago. <laughs> I am uh, I am so excited about this uh, House of the Dead remake. I'm so stoked. I know you are. Oh, yeah. I know our listeners are. How do you kill, kill. what's already dead? dead. I'm going to buy a gun just for this game. Uh oh Okay, uh, our loyal listeners, I know I said that was the last thing, but something was just brought to my attention. Mm -mm. Uh, this is hot off the presses, and I am so proud to announce... Okay. That our Lord and Savior is working on four, four different movie scripts. Oh my God. Whoa! Yes, he is working on a sequel to Death Rider called The Vampire's Vengeance. I knew it. I would love it if Devin Sawa made a reappearance. I imagine he will. Also, he is going to be working on a movie about a knife fighting assassin greg Craig. he is also working on a werewolf biker movie hell yeah oh! following the one percenters of werewolf bikers outlaw bikers and a sequel to veronica this all sounds fucking perfect i don't believe that this man can do anything wrong when it comes to cinema He's got his fucking finger on the pulse of what the uh, what the cinephiles really want to see nowadays. And that's 
Glenn Danzig starring in all of his own films as a fucking werewolf, as a knife fighting pimp or whatever that was about, as a motorbiking mummy. I would watch him in all of that shit because I think he might be one of the greatest actors and or directors of our time. Without a doubt. Without I'll a shadow of a doubt. First one in the theater for every one of these films, and I am guaranteeing that. Glenn did say that the only person confirmed to come back for the uh, Death Rider in the House of Vampires sequel. Please, 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 please. Kim Director. Yes! Our favorite goth adult. Our number one goth adult. Yep. If you want to hear a review of one of her finest acting roles, listen back to episode 17? 16. Our best episode. 16, 17. Episode yeah, 16. They're both our best episodes. Where this uh, show really kicked into high gear, if you, if you want my opinion on it. Danzig was actually asked if he wrote the role for Bad Bathory as himself. He said, I started writing the script. I had all these characters. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I could do this. And you know what? Uh, he was right. <laughs> all right, with all that nonsense behind us, I have yet another edition for you. Wait for it. Of okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't wait for it long enough. Oh. Of Greg's deals with the devil. God is dead. Now imagine yourself one more time sitting in a filthy hot tub full of man stew. Uh-huh. As Gilbert quote unquote the devil Godfrey rises in a sulfurous cloud of smoke between your legs <laughs> and offers you not one, not two, but three very specific backhanded deals with the devil himself. Gilbert. You fool! The dark lord of genital-based comedy appears once again to present you with a plethora of devilish deals ripe for the taking if one were so inclined. Would you like okay. to hear them? I would love to. Ha <laughs> you fool! All right, deal number one. You are granted the gift of eternal life. I'll take it. But. Oh. You're a special kind of vampire who can only eat human hair to survive. And if it's been recently cleaned, it doesn't have the vitamins you need to live. So wait, I, I have to eat hair? You have to eat hair and it has to be dirty hair. Not always from the head. <laughs> But it doesn't have to be, like, long hair where it's going to get, like, stuck in my throat, right? Well, it's got to be enough hair that your, uh, you know, your hunger is satisfied. I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, how much hair do I have to eat to, to for sustenance to survive? Well, let me put it this way. How much spaghetti would you have to eat to survive? The average meal. A day? This is a regular thing for you. That much hair? Yep, and there's some pubes in there, too. Do I have to, like... Can I put sauce on it, or I have to sure. eat them as is? Yeah, you can, you can spice them up however you want, but you gotta eat them. Okay. You're, it's like being a vampire, but you don't drink blood, you just eat fucking hair, man. It's not that hard to understand. Yeah, sure, I'll do it. I would probably just eat a bunch of dreadlocks. Oh, you gotta do it forever, though. I mean, you, you're gonna live forever. I can't kill myself. There's nothing that'll kill me. I mean, maybe, like, a fucking Belmont might come along and drive a stake into your heart at some point, but I would think you would try to avoid that. 
I like that you went Castlevania and not Bram Stoker's. But yeah, uh, you know what, Greg? I'll do it. Yeah, sure. I love living. Living's great. Okay, you take uh, it. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, sure, it's not blood. I mean, like, I would become a vampire for, for two things, and that's to eat hair and fuck for eternity. Yeah, I, sure. I mean, I can still fuck, right? Well, see, I almost thought you were going to say you are going to do it for the three M's of vampirism. <laughs> <laughs> Which are, of course... Music, music, money, money and, and mm, plates of hair. Yeah, no, I would, I would, I would absolutely do it. Yeah, sure, fuck, okay. man. Yeah, I was gonna no. say that too. Like, I, I would totally do it because uh, on an average day, I eat at least like a fistful of hair uh, as okay. is. You know, so yeah. Well, you have that like you have that long hair, so I imagine you wake up and you're like, it's like an alarm clock, but it's you choking on your hair. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a cat, but like way more disgusting, way more fuckable. I've seen the inside of your shower. All right. So the second and penultimate offer from Gilbert, the devil Godfrey is ready. Uh-huh. You gain the ability to mentally travel through time and space. Like that boring kid who became the wheelchair King in game of Thrones, but <laughs> three eyed Raven. That is correct. Every time you do someone, you know, turns into Corey Feldman. The comeback king. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. So you want to you want to live in a world full of Feldman clones, is what you're saying? A, a, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it could be anyone you know. Just anyone you've ever met before will be a Feldman. It would be like hanging out with a bunch of Michael Keaton's from that Duplicity movie, but instead of Michael Keaton, it's Corey Feldman. I could deal with that. That's fine. You said Corey Feldman, not Ed Furlong. Corey Feldman could at least do his Michael Jackson shit for me. I don't like that you put Feldman above Furlong in your hierarchy of asshole actors. Oh I would my God, much rather would pick... hang out with Furlong. No doubt about it. Feldman Why? sucks, man. Yeah, he's terrible. Course, but so does Furlong. Yeah, but I feel like he's got really nothing to lose, so he's probably a really good time. Dude, Feldman is no, in no, one no, of the no. Greatest... It doesn't matter. We're not talking about Furlong. This is, Furlong is not on the table. No, right? but you I'm saying You don't get to negotiate with Gilbert. This is I'm a not Feldman deal. I'm not here. Yeah, no, no, I will take do it. it. I will gladly. Yes, of course. Greg, Craig. you'll be the first one to change. I don't like that. I, no, this isn't a good deal. I don't want to be a Feldman. Do I, get, do I get like different eras of Feldman? No, like, you... no, I'm not the comeback king. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. I'm not, now... I'm not an Ascension Millennium. I'm not, that's not, you can't turn me into Feldman just because you're taking this deal. I feel like 2% of our listeners, listeners right now know what the comeback king is, okay? No, that's not true. That was a phenomenon. I don't think you have okay. enough faith in our listeners, my friend. Can I get different versions of Feldman? Like, can I no. get, like... There's no negotiating. It's the worst Feldman. The, the, modern, the modern day Feldman. Yes, the washed up, shitty, just desperate Feldman. Oh, God, I can't molest him. AKA the... Well, you know, you can. If you really try, I'm pretty sure you could pull that off. No, he's like a few years older than me. I can't. But keep in mind, there may be multiple meanings to the term comeback king. Just keep that, you know, just keep that in the back of your head. Because, like, I would love to, like, have you turn into licensed to drive Feldman. Mm -mm, No, I I wouldn't like like that. Well, no, it doesn't matter what you like. uh, It's all between me and Gilbert. I don't want to live out some kind of buddy comedy where I turn into Feldman and you're driving me around and, uh... You know, in I'm my off- fake license. I'm offering you head while you fucking drive a sports car. 
as we all know, was in the original script of License to Drive. Well, I mean, like, like, can I get, like, a Burbs version? Can I get, like, a Friday the 13th version? Can I get a Goonies version? No, no, it's just the shitty version. It's the worst. The worst possible Feldman. I appreciate that you thought of me first, but it's random. It, it's just anyone you know. Every time you travel through space and time to get a little voyeuristic view of whatever, you know, your grandpa's fucking back in 1920, <laughs> somebody in your life is going to turn into Corey Feldman. You have no control over it could be your dad could be your dog someone's gonna turn into fucking feldman the point is you're taking a gamble you don't know who's gonna be feldman hmm. it's a full-on cory assault on your life and that ain't cool but i said yes you still do it okay all right fair enough you know i, I probably wait wouldn't... i don't even remember what i get in return i just want everyone to turn into Corey Feldman. you get to be the dipshit from game of thrones that gets to look at the past Oh, wait, that's that's it? And maybe the future. I don't know how that really works. You get to be the three-eyed raven. I get to be the three-eyed raven. It, actually, it, you know what you could do? Now that I'm thinking about it, I actually didn't consider these rules all that closely, even though I wrote them. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, Gilbert wrote them. <laughs> you could use this power, like that fucking wheelchair kid in Game of Thrones, to fuck up Corey Feldman the same way he did to Hodor, and you might destroy the whole space-time continuum and maybe upset the whole process. Mind-boggling. Maybe none of this curse will come to be. You might be able to beat the system. I can't beat Gilbert. It's true, you can't, but you could try. You could try. All right, I'll do it. You shouldn't. I'm gonna do it. You fool! <laughs> I think if you fuck around, Gilbert just kills you and takes your penis to hell with him. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you just stays on Earth and rots, but he takes your dick. So, with that said, I think we, we both agree that we would take that deal. Well, you would. I, I probably wouldn't because I don't really care. Uh, I don't want Feldman's in my life. I don't need more Feldman's in my life. I've seen enough of that music video. Well, whatever, nerd. The third and final deal. Ready? Yeah, I'm pouring myself a whiskey. I'm excited about this. You can engage in consensual sexual congress with anyone in yes. the world. Anytime. Anywhere. Corey Feldman. <laughs> but you have to change your name to Butthole P. Hitler. The P stands for poop. And also, you have to always wear a bike helmet that you can never take off. Is it a cool bike helmet? Like a mohawk no, on it? Absolutely not. Oh. But I can fuck anyone I want. It makes you look like a real Daniel Day Lewis. I. Uh... Yeah, that one I'm actually going to turn down, Gilbert. You think? Not, not so yeah. good? Yeah. I, little, I, little I, too I, proud for that one? So I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I mean, I'm on that verge of like turning 40 and I have a very nice head of hair. Can't be walking around with a name like so, Butthole. Yeah, you know, I mean, I have a, I, no, I want that's your friends fine. and family to refer to you as Butthole. That doesn't bother me. Should. It's, it's. Oh, is it the Hitler part that, that you're yeah, okay with? Yeah, it's the, it's the Hitler part, and it's the helmet. I can't do that. I think you'd look good. I don't. I mean, I don't you're, you're rocking a pretty sporty hat there right now, man. I'm just saying, dude, look at this head of hair I have. It's very nice. Not bad, uh, not bad. Also, keep in mind, I did say anyone in the world. Anyone. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want that. Yes, you do. No, I'm all about the chase, man. I'm all about seeing you wearing a helmet and telling people that your name's Butthole P. Hitler. So I think we're going to have to disagree on this one. And really, I think I'm bending the rules here, but I'm agreeing for you. I'm making a, a side deal with Gilbert 
where I get some kind of bonus package to get you to take this deal. So that's done. That's how that works. You took it. So I, I, said I, no. have to, I have to take it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's what we that's what we negotiated. Sorry, oh, butthole. Shit. That's uh, that's that's the brakes. All right, you know you're the first one I'm gonna fuck, right? You're gonna have to get a new driver's license, and I'm probably gonna have to get a wheelchair. Don't All right, Greg, that was awesome. Gilbert, thank you so much for joining us from Beyond the Grave. I think there's just one more thing to do. I'm afraid that it's time for us to apologize. Oh, this again. Greg, I'm going to go first. It's, 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 It's short. It's sweet. I want to apologize to the fans for not having an episode last week. I want to apologize to Ace Freely. You're not an old geriatric fuck. I think you're doing just fine. I think uh, you should answer, Gene, and uh, get back on stage with them. I apologize to Peter Chris. You're not that much of a pussy, even though you play one on TV. And, uh, you know, that's it. Not going to apologize to Corey Feldman? No, and the reason why is because everyone around me is going to be Corey Feldman. Real quick, so do the people we re do, do do they keep who they are on the inside, or they just become Corey? They just become Corey Feldman. Like there's there's no remnant of who they used to be. It's just you're hanging so out with not, Corey Feldman. It's it's not like like a mystique type thing where they just like it's not like a skinwalker nope. where they just turn into Corey Feldman. No, nope, and... they don't just look like him. They are him. They're clones of him, and they act exactly like him, and they make his shitty fucking music. So does that mean the person's dead? Yes, you lose somebody you care about in exchange. It's it's worse than losing. It's worse than a relative dying or a friend dying because they turn into an asshole. Will my ex-wife turn into Corey Feldman? It's certainly possible. Might be worth it. I don't know. Oh, that's not the fuck one? No, that was the one where you get to be uh, Bran from Game of Thrones. Well, I guess that's my half, my, my half-hearted apology. You made your intentions clear. I think we all get it. I think I think so. So my apology this week is to a man named John Edward, who you may know as the lying sack of shit con man from the hit show Crossing Over. Did we what? talk about John Edward? Well, last week I implied that he was a crossdresser in an hilarious effort to promote our partnership with the Slashers podcast. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, we didn't really talk about him on the show, but I did mention him in our little write-up blurb, and uh, it was a little crass, to say the least. Mm. And I have to say, the whole cross-dressing thing, I don't think it's totally true. And I mean, even if it is, that's okay. That's who you are, John. Yeah, that's fine. But you are a faker and a fraud, and an overconfident asshole who preys on the hope and vulnerability of innocent people. And I would love it, love it, if you just burn in a molten fiery hell for your crimes against humanity, thank you. Mm. Very good. Very good. Yes. Uh, Greg, these past couple months have been a spiritual journey, a quest, a crusade to mm-hmm. reach salvation. And I feel like we are finally there, concluding our two month, which was just to be one month, but turned into two months. I think we've always been best at concluding. Normally, it doesn't take this long, though. In this case, though, it's been stretched out just like your mom's pussy when she popped your head out. (laughs) She called me Big Head for the first six years of my life. Way to go, Greg. There you go. You destroyed your mother's cooch. That's the reason why your father drinks so fucking much. (laughs) We've never been close. I don't know what that has to do with God, but it does. Oh, yeah, it proved to me there wasn't one. We are finally concluding March of the Penguins with... Damien! The Omen!
part two. Everybody knows and loves The Omen. You might even like the remake. I Probably. sure as fuck don't. I didn't. I mean, like, why would you? Why? What are you doing remaking The Omen, huh? Well, this is part two. The sequel, directed by Don Taylor in 1978. You are absolutely correct, Greg. Don Taylor did direct this movie because he replaced the original director, Mike Hodges. I heard that. Because uh, Mike, Mike Hodges was kind of busy doing uh, Cocaine. Superman. But Don Taylor is known best for the original Island of Dr. Moreau from 1977. Not bad, right? Ooh. He's also done episodes of Dennis the Menace, the TV series. Alfred Hitchcock Presents... And my personal favorite, The Wild Wild West. Uh. The Wild Wild West. <laughs> the Smithless Edition. Yeah, I don't like that one. Yeah, but unfortunately, Don Taylor did pass away at the age of 78 in 1998. Everything that you said, the movies that he's done, all fucking classics, all good. <laughs> I mean, he also did some exploitation films in the 80s. A lot of Western syndicated series. Yeah, but his his career kind of fizzled out in the early '90s, and then of course he as he did pass away at the age of 78. Fentanyl overdose. I thought it was the <laughs> chlamydia. Oh! So I would describe Damien the Omen two as a picture about the Antichrist, who is about to turn 13 years old, learns of his destiny under the guidance of an unholy disciple of Satan. A couple unholy disciples of Satan. He has a few helpers on his journey to Satanhood. Basically, this movie takes place seven years after the first movie, even though it came out a couple years after the first movie. Yes. Uh, see, The Omen was actually very, very successful. So immediately they were like, we got to keep this shit going. Absolutely. Because somehow eventually he turns into Sam Neill. That's the third one, the final conflict. I think there's dinosaurs in that one. It takes place in space. Yeah. It's fucking sweet. It's not bad. Uh, before we get into any more of this bullshit, how about we just get into our characters? Okay. On to the cast. Our first player is, and you might recognize this one if you're a fan of the original, Carl Bugenhagen, a.k.a. Grizzly Adams. Old Grizz. He is an unkempt madman, a religious zealot, a fastidious researcher, an enemy of the devil, and I have to say, kind of a bad friend. He is the worst friend to have ever. Yeah. He will literally tell you to kill the Antichrist when you're out just having a nice cup of coffee and then get you killed. He kind of just brings the wrath of the devil upon you just kind of by being around you. He's a real piece of shit. But also, he is the only actor to show up in two of the movies. Correct. But his role is not a strong one in this sequel. No, his role was definitely stronger in the original. Everybody's seen the, the movie The Omen. We all fucking know this. He's the guy that gave the seven fucking daggers to kill Damien. Yeah, he's, he's the hero that tries to stab a six-year-old child. The, the hero, basically. Yeah. I would stab that kid. My no hero. problem. Yeah. No, if somebody said this kid's the Antichrist, <laughs> I wouldn't even question it. I'd put a knife in that kid's heart and just stuff him in a garbage bag and dispose him at the bottom of the ocean. I would be like Paul Giamatti screaming at Howard Stern in private parts that he's the Antichrist. I'd only have to be 40% sure that he was the devil to do this, by the way. 
I will do to this kid what Suge Knight did to Vanilla Ice in a hotel room. I would do to that kid what Cocaine did to Robert Downey Jr. I'll do to that kid what that plane did to Leonard Skinner. I'll do to that kid what Michael Fassbender did to Michael Fassbender. I will do to that kid what that Olsen twin did to Heath Ledger. I will do to that kid what Andy Dick did to comedy. I will do to that kid what Andy Dick did to Phil Hartman's wife. I will do to that kid what Phil Hartman's wife did to Phil Hartman. I will do to that kid what Mike Tyson did to Evander Holyfield's ear. I will do to that kid what Little Mac did to Mr. Dream. I would do to this kid what Undertaker did to Mankind back in the Hell in the Cell. I would do to that kid what the Shockmaster did to that thin wall of drywall before he tripped straight onto his face at the feet of Sid Vicious, Ric Flair, and Davey Boy Smith and a couple other guys. Is that right? Who else was there? Harlem Heat and Sting. What were we actually talking about? Where did this start? Who cares? So our next character is Michael, who is an archaeologist, a learned man, a trusting follower, a sand breather, a falling boulder victim, and a corpse. He is absolutely useless. Uh-huh. He just yep. plays Bugenhagen's friend, and he's there just to kind of make comments while they both... Ah, spoiler, 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 they die. He is only there to have an excellent-sounding accent, to dress like every archaeologist dresses in a movie, and that's it. Yeah, he had one of those little, like, archaeological hats. I don't know what you call them. I feel like if you're wearing that hat, you should know how to throw a boomerang. So it's about time we got to the titular Damien, who is a typical smart-ass 13-year-old boy, eager for adventure and curious about his genitalia. He is also the Antichrist and the son of Satan. Uh, yeah, this is played by Jonathan Scott Taylor. He's still around and not doing a whole lot. He's from Britain. He is from Brazil. He's from Brazil. Descendant of Nazis, I've heard. Child of the devil. You're probably not wrong. He's from Brazil. Isn't that where they all went? I mean, he didn't get that accent from nowhere, man. Like, Brazilians don't talk like this kid. Oh, that's kind of weird. Very few Nazi officers were actually prosecuted at the end of World War II. Little known fact. Yeah, they all went to South America and got us to the moon. Once They're came the to geniuses US. who invented both Coca-Cola, Disney, and Netflix. Allegedly. Netflix is our best Yep. So then we have Marky Mark, who is Damien's shitty cousin. He is a pure, innocent soul, a pathetic, weak-willed <laughs> a poor decision-maker, and a brain aneurysm hever. Yep. Fuck this kid. Yeah, he sucks. He really doesn't have a big role. He doesn't do a whole lot. But he does supply Damien with a much-needed bloodlust towards the end of the film. He is played by Lucas Dunat, and this is actually his only credited role. No, I think he was in Degrassi. Only credited role. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Next, we have Aunt Marion. God bless her. Whom you may recognize from other beautiful films most... Specifically, the work of Tim Burton. Beetlegeist. 
And I believe she was in Mars Attacks. She absolutely was in Mars Attacks. That was her last role. She died in 1999 at the age of 88. This is Sylvia Sidney, who was born in the Bronx, New York City, back in 1910. She is fucking fantastic. She did a lot of work in the 60s, the 50s, and the 70s. She is dynamite. She's wonderful. Very distinctful voice. And we all know and love her. Did a lot of smoking back in the 60s and 70s. But she yeah. is a cantankerous old nag, a high blood pressure having bitch, a condescending cunt, a majority shareholder of Thorn Industries. And she really does not have a large role in this film either. No, but it's still important to the plot. She gives a little bit of exposition at the beginning. So then these next two I kind of lump together, but this is Richard and Anne Thorne. They are Damien's frustrated parents. They are paranoid Christians, oblivious skeptics, Satan deniers, and tragic fools. Ha ha, you fool! This is uh, William Holden and Lee Grant. William Holden was actually approached to play as Damien's father in the original Omen. He turned the role down because he didn't want to have anything to do with a devil film. But after seeing the success of the original Omen, he uh, fought for this role, and he got it. He got the big old cartoonish dollar signs in his eyes. Basically, full Looney Tunes character. Uh, nobody else auditioned for the role of, of Richard Thorne. So it was it probably was pretty up, easy to get in there. Huh? It was very easy because everybody wanted him to be the, uh, Damien's original father. So casting him as his uncle was just a no-brainer the aunt and thorn lee grant uh she's done uh she's done producing she's done directing she's done acting you know what lee grant has done it all and i thought she was actually pretty good in this movie but we'll find more uh about her role as we progress with our review so then we have a character that i just called bill murray and this might make sense to you if you've actually seen the film because this guy looks just like an old bill murray he is Richard's business partner. He's a no-bullshit hard-ass, a shrewd negotiator, a straight shooter, an icebreaker, and a lazy oh, swimmer. Oh, 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 I just said him funny like that. I got, I got jokes. Oh, boy, howdy do you. Yeah, he died in some water. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to him. So then there's Charles Warren, who we all know is... Just a guy with a slide projector. I think he's a friend of the Thorns. He curates the museum or something. Who gives a shit? This guy's super minor. Had a real hard time trying to figure out exactly what his role was with the Thorns. I think his uh, whole thing was he was the museum curator. Okay, yeah. sure. He was the morgue doctor in Halloween Kills. Yeah. He was in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. He was in The Hunger Games, uh -huh. Collateral Damage with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh -huh. He was Joel's father in Risky Business, Greg. Craig. I knew that. Of course you did. He was also the elderly patient that died in uh, the motion picture Doctor Sleep. Oh. Yeah. That's tragic. Sure. You ever an old man died next to you? <laughs> Yes, yes, once. once. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in the wheelchair. Uh, how irreverent of us. <laughs> All right, so then we have Paul Allen, who probably has a better haircut than you. He is an unscrupulous businessman, an evil farmer, a greed-driven xenophobe, 
a possible pederast, <laughs> and a likely servant of Beelzebub. More like Beelzebub, am I right? <laughs> you are wrong. Oh. Hey, you know what this guy is best known for other than this movie? Nope. He's the voice of Ratchet in the Transformers series. Oh. And by series, I mean the series of shitty fucking Transformers movies for Michael Bay. Yeah, I didn't see any of those. Think you're better than me? I mean, I saw the first one. And the second one, and then the third one. I saw all the fucking Transformers movies. All right, I know exactly what we were talking about. Ratchet is my favorite character. I just, I didn't want to admit it to you in the audience. Well, there it is. I love Ratchet. Who doesn't, really? Hey, he was also General Williams in Babylon 5. Remember Babylon 5? I remember Babylon 5. Not as well as I remember Ms. Ratchet. Sorry, Miss Ratchet. Ooh, I am for real. Doo, doo, doo. There's no fucking singing on the show. Shut your fucking mouth, you asshole. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. You're just a real Corey Feldman, aren't you? <laughs> so moving right along, we have Sergeant Neff, who you might recognize from some of your favorite films. Sergeant Neff is played by a one Lance Henriksen, Henriksen. who you'll know from such films as Hard Target. Of course. The Quick and the Dead. One of my favorites. The Quarry. Okay, also good. Alpha Riff. Sure. Big Dogs. The biggest. Falling. Being. What? Exorcism at 60,000 feet. All right, here we go. Yeah, I know that one. Derailed. It's about a train. Big Legend. That's about a legend. Burn. Probably a fire in that one. The Old Machine. It's a Transformers movie, if I've ever seen one. Needle Stick. Hellraiser sequel? No, he wasn't in that. The voice of the bowling coach in American Dad. Encouraging? The Hamster. Frantic. Criminal Minds. Prison. All Hail King Julian, the spinoff of Madagascar. My favorite film. 2015 cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He played Leonardo. I'm, I'm pretty positive of that. Me, him, her. You, they, them. And of course, last but not least, I think we all remember Lance Henriksen from Road to Palomo. I mean, easily his most famous role, right? I, he was the road in the Palomo movie. This is all he's known for. He played the voice of the El Camino in Road to Palomo or whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> it was a car sequel, I'm pretty fucking sure. It was Kit's cousin. So Sergeant Neff is a platoon leader, a badass, a no-nonsense disciplinarian. He's a calm, measured, ambitious soldier who demands results and encourages satanic behavior. So Lance Henriksen absolutely hated working on this fucking movie. Uh -huh. uh, he had a terrible time. He said it didn't do shit for his career. The reason why he came on board is because Mike Hodges was the original director slated to direct the movie. That's who he thought he was going to be working with. Instead, it ended up being Don Taylor. He did not get along at all with Don Taylor. Lance was actually supposed to have a bigger part in this movie. He was supposed to be more hands-on with Damien. <laughs> he was supposed to have more scenes, but apparently all that shit got cut. I do like Don Taylor, but... If you got issues with my boy Lance, then by golly, you got issues with me. So, Don Taylor, all I can say this, 
You're lucky you died in 98 because I would fucking kill you if I saw you right now for what you did to my boy Lance. Yeah, I think you can legally say that. That's probably fine. And then we have Murray. My favorite and yours. He is the, the fuck is Murray. The personal valet of the Thorne family. Oh, I forgot about him. Of course you did. We all forgot about him. He doesn't really do much, but he does drive the car. He kind of has a more important role, and we'll get to that. Well, yeah. I mean, something you might not know about our society, but if nobody's driving the cars, no one's getting anywhere. I mean, I've always heard is that you get rich or die trying. He is the lifeblood in the artery that is our society's transportation system, my friend. He's Murray! He might be the most important character in the whole fucking film! Yeah, you might be right. It's definitely wrong. But then we have Mr. Pizarian. Yeah! Who is a scientist, an engineer, and a swarthy pimp. And if that's confusing to you, maybe you should watch the movie a second time. How is he a pimp? Oh, there's a strong undertone of pimpery in this movie, my friend. And what you've got is Mr. Pizarian. Really? He doesn't even have a fucking first name. He's Mr. Pissarian. If that's not a pimp moniker, then I don't know what is. Yeah, I guess you're right. This is uh, Ellen Arbus, who uh, passed away in 2013 at the young age of 95. Oh, yeah. He's in a lot, a lot of TV shows. Any good uh, ones? Yeah, Law and Order, Mad About You. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ, he was in Days of Our Lives. Okay. Uh, NYPD Blue, Judging Amy, Curb Your Enthusiasm. All right, now you got my attention. And he was in MASH. I like MASH. You like MASH? I love MASH. And MASH is good. good. Yeah, MASH is good. MASH is good. Also, he played as Aaron Mitchell in Matlock. I fucking knew it. I knew this was a Matlock guy. He is absolutely a Matlock guy. Did you not fucking see him? You can see it in his mustache that this man has been on Matlock. He is so Matlock. Matlock! He also did one of the voices on that old uh, Spider-Man cartoon from the 70s. Oh, yeah, the Matlock episode. Perfect. So this is the character that you've all been waiting for. I know I have. I know, Micah, you have. This may come as a little bit of a surprise for some of our listeners who haven't been with us for the last month or two months or three months or however fucking long we've been marching with the Penguins. Don't. This is Melissa Joan Hart. Stop it. I won't. She is the Clarissa of this movie. Because there's always got to be one. And who, pray tell, is Clarissa in this movie? Well, someone's got to explain it all. She is an investigative journalist. God damn it. A cautious Catholic, a harbinger, an exposition dumpster, and a complete fucking maniac. Yeah, she's a little bananas in this movie, for sure. Ravens are very attracted to her. Oh, yeah, her eyes are made out of bird seed. They don't really explain that, but it's kind of, it's a thing that happens. I actually really enjoyed her character. She is uh, just in a buttload of TV shows. Her name is Elizabeth Shepard. Goddamn, I love that her name is actually Joan Hart in the movie. I mean, it's almost too easy. I'm, I'm mad. Yeah, you might reprimand me for making the obvious joke, but come on, what am I supposed to do I, here? I, I, I'm really mad about this. This is a little. I'm too only a human being. It's too on the nose, even for us. Correct. Last but not least, a little character that I like to call Rocky, the Raven. Oh, double R. 
He is a heart attacker, and I, Pecker, a servant of the devil, and an all-around good boy. But also, in the novelization of The Omen, he is actually supposed to be Damien's id. All right, Damien's... Dexter, let's not bore the audience with your psychological bullshit. It's Damien's lusty id. See, Damien had a Rottweiler as his animal companion in the first movie and True. Rottweiler as his animal companion in the final conflict yes. starring Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. But in this one, it's the only one where the depiction is a raven. And I got to tell you, I fucking love it. It's very Freudian. Because it's because it's his lusty id. How does that how does that make it Freudian? Like I understand like the psychology behind it, but how do you? Is... I, it sounds like you don't. No, I, I do, but but why is it Freudian? What the fuck? Lusty id is what Freud was all about. Yeah, I know that, but the raven isn't going out fucking everybody. It's killing people. A raven isn't always just a raven, my friend. And a cigar is not always just a cigar. I mean, unless it's in Monica Lewinsky, it's more than a cigar. It's delicious. Oh! All right, let's get to it. I'm going to get right into the plot. Tell me about Damien the Omen Part 2. We're going to fire it off right now. Clearly, we are in the Middle East. We got some psychopath driving around in a fucking shitty-ass Jeep. And by the looks of it, this is definitely Father... Uh, who gives a fuck from the first movie that gave Gregory Peck all the daggers? This he's is driving... Grizzly Bugenhagen Adams. He's driving frantically through uh through the streets, yes. which where I ask myself, do they even have any driving laws out there? No. Do they have driver's licenses? Do they, they even don't. fucking have license plates? It is a lawless nation. I think these people live in constant fear too much to even give a fuck about a driver's license. Oh, yeah, he almost uh, got taken out by an IED. Oh! So he parks the car, and he frantically runs up to a very well-dressed archaeologist. Michael! Who's wearing one of those fucking scarf ties that go around his neck so you know he's classy. And you already know he's going to speak with an English accent. So Grizzly Adams slams down right in front of Michael a, uh, a newspaper about uh, the, the fucking son of Satan himself. And he's talking about the prophecy, the forthcoming of the Antichrist, the 666, the number of the beast, the Doom Slayer. He is clearly deranged, but he reveals to Michael that Damien Thorne is in fact the Antichrist. And not only that, but he lives in Chicago. He totally lives in Chicago. We always knew the Antichrist was going to be born in Chicago. You thought it was going to be Vegas. Eh, eh. It's Chicago. The Windy City. That wind blows straight from hell itself and straight from the jackal that gave birth to Damien. Gregory Peck came to him, telling him that his son is the Antichrist, so he gave him the seven... Seven daggers? Six daggers? I forgot how many knives it was to kill his kid. But of course he didn't get the job done. So he explains to Michael, Hey, Michael, you gotta go to Chicago, get these fucking daggers, and kill this kid. Michael's a little reluctant at first, but he goes, <laughs> You know what? I got nothing else going on with my time. I may as well do to this kid what Osama Bin Laden did to the Twin Towers on 9-11. So they travel to an archaeological dig site where an ancient temple has been uncovered deep below the Earth's crust. Inside, 
They find a statue of the whore. Of, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Sex worker of Babylon. It's not right to call a woman a whore because women like sex just as much as men do, Greg. Well, I, it's not really so much a whore as she is a prostitute. Uh, but then there on the on the wall, it depicts. <laughs> well, it just straight up is Damien. Not just a painting, but a portrait of Damien's face as a satanic beast. Which we all know is probably not a great thing for the current state of the world. But he looked like a Medusa, didn't he? Wasn't he a Medusa? Oh yeah, he had snakes for hair. So, hey. that's a thing you're into. Maybe maybe worship Satan. I don't know where the overlap is, but yeah, Medusa, Demon Spawn, Antichrist. Probably all the same shit, right? Horrors, Babylon, Beast of Land. The father Whoa, of lies of Jericho. Jesus be my guy. God uh, and Abraham and his son and uh, Moses. Uh, Beelzebub. Uh, John 3.16. Yeah, that sounds about right. They are immediately trapped by a cave-in, leaving them about six feet of breathable space. I.e., they're fucked forever. I kind of thought that this was going to be a, a bit where they got stuck, but then eventually got out. Like an Indiana over... Jones kind of thing. We are going to die. I thought they were going to be just fine and dandy. Turns yeah. out, <laughs> not the case. Like a The Mummy starring Brendan Fraser sort of scenario. Yeah, like they would like Looney Tunes them way out of this bit. Like, uh, oh shit, give me your shoe. I got a pen. I'm going to make a bomb. Or like, oh, there's a hidden lever in this crack in the wall, but it's covered in bugs. If only we could grab it. Oh, snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Little do they know, Mr. Bugenhagen eats bugs for breakfast, so that would not be a problem. No, but you know what the real problem is? Eating a bunch of sand for breakfast, because that, oh, that'll, yeah. that'll just kill you dead. Not great for the lungs. No, no, no. So after these two fuckers die, they're dead forever. Bored by sand. They got bored, bored. by the sand. Eat sand, motherfuckers. Oh. So we go seven years into the future because the only two people that knew Damien was the Antichrist are now dead. And we come upon a, uh, a sultry, sassy old hag known by Aunt Marion. Damien is now leaving for military school, and he says goodbye to the caseworker from Beetlejuice. You should have been studying those lessons since day one. And gets in a car with his weak-ass cousin, Marky Mark. Marky Mark's a sweet kid. Sure, he's innocent, he's fine. He doesn't know what he's in for. But Aunt Marion tells the Thorns that she plans to liquidate their family fortune and warns them that Damien is a danger to everyone. He does not work well with others. Your brother tried to kill Damien, didn't he? You gotta keep Maki Mark away from Damien. We should probably sacrifice the boy. He was a troublemaker. Yeah, let's kill him, okay? Cause you know, something just ain't right with him. It's only a matter of time before he fucks up his cousin. We should probably just murder him for the safety of the family. Don't even say his name. Yeah, but of course, <laughs> like most pieces of shit, they quickly dismiss it and say something about, I don't know, she's going through menopause or something. Yeah, I mean, when you really put it in perspective, 
They're probably not wrong. She does seem like she just wants to kill this kid for no reason. I didn't want to bring it up. I mean, if you've seen the first one, obviously this is the sequel to a very popular movie. You know from the very beginning who Damien is and what he's about. You know that he's the spawn of Satan. So there's no suspense they're building up. No. There's no real anticipation. There's no reveal that he actually is the fucking child of the devil. It is a continuation of the story. You already know he's the son of Satan, that he's born of a jackal. Well, at this point, the Thorns discuss kicking this shitty old bag out of their house. Get but instead, they decide to enjoy a slideshow with Charles. Yes. They get a good view of the whore, uh, <laughs> the sex worker of Babylon statue, yes. yeah. and they learn the prophecy of the Book of Revelations, which basically tells them that the devil is kind of bad. I mean, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, some of us may have been privy to that information already. Okay. But it's right about now that a raven appears in Marion's bedroom and gives her a heart attack. Hey, I think this raven is is clearly an omen. Hey, Greg. <laughs> hey, Greg. Hey, hey, Greg. Craig. That's so raven. I said, I said... That's so Raven, cause the crow. Oh, Black Betty, Marianne. Oh, Black Betty, Marianne. Marianne just died. Marianne, fuck yourself, Marianne. Oh, Black Betty, Marianne. Is your episode over? <laughs> Did you chew on a wallet during that? So we get to the two kids, and they are at, which looks to me like the worst fucking school you could ever go to, and they are introduced to. Who else but Sergeant Lieutenant Henriksen. Big Dick Lance. He's got all the kids lined up. They're all in uniform, and he just got this job. And he's talking about polishing units <laughs> and meeting these kids individually, <laughs> which is it's kind of concerning to me at this point. He assures Marky Mark and Damien that they are not special just because they come from the Thorn family. Yeah. And enters the bedroom to find... Aunt Marion's stiff corpse lying in a pool of her own bodily waste, and she is alarmed. Oh, the humanity! The old bag is dead. You know they're happy about it. Of course they are. Dickie yeah. Thorne and his friend Bill do not waste any time getting right back to business, even though a close <clears throat> family member has just died, and they meet with Paul. Shut up. Paul. And this guy, I have to say, is sketchy as fuck. You probably love your mother-in-law. But they want to talk to him about his unethical farming techniques. And you mentioned earlier that you're not really quite sure what their business does or, you know, how they make money, what they profit from. I think they just develop underprivileged nations for agricultural gain. I'm doing the best at this. All right, maybe we should lay off Paul. They buy cheap-ass land from indigenous people and fuck them over, is, is what they're getting at. Is, is Thorn Industries, is it Monsanto? They rape the land for its natural resources, yeah, and they don't really care about the people who inhabit it. That's what it is. The big okay, old good. dick of the government. <laughs> Scooping right, up that grain. So uh, we get back to the school, and uh, Lance, uh, uh, Lieutenant Lance is having one-on-ones with all of his new students. Damien being the first 
you know, he starts, starts having some conversation about Damien being an orphan. Lieutenant Lance says, well, looks like that's something we both have in common. They have a nice little talk. Damien ends up leaving, and he walks out to a uh, a bully kind of working over Marky Mark. Damien and Marky Mark get in a fight with some asshole kid at school. Yeah, but Damien uses his brain powers. He fucks this kid's mind up with a Satan stare. Hail Satan! Falls backwards, he bangs his head off a wall, he curls into the fetal position, and I'm pretty sure he shits his pants. Oh, he totally shit his pants. So it's about this point where Clarissa flags Dickie down to inform him that Grizzly Bugenhagen has died. She has it all figured out, and she tells Dick that him and his family are all in grave danger. Richard doesn't want to listen to her shit, so she confronts Anne at the museum, and everyone's just like, what the hell is her problem, this crazy old bitch? Naturally, her next step is to go watch Damien play some football which he's super good at because the Lord of the Pit lives in his soul. You know what? I think if she wasn't a crazy old lady, but a crazy old man at a gas station, maybe you'll actually fucking listen to her. But who am I kidding? No one listens to the crazy old man at the gas station either. But her car breaks down as she leaves, and she senses that her doom is at hand. Elizabeth Taylor gets attacked by a fucking three-eyed raven. Correct. The raven chases her down the street and bores her eyes out. She gets fucked up by this raven for like six hours. She falls in and out of like a thousand ditches, wanders into the middle of the street, and gets bored by a truck until she's dead forever. Now, my issue with this whole scene is this. Now, that raven pecked her eyes out, Mm -hmm. so instantly she is blind. So at that very moment, her other senses should have heightened. Her hearing, her taste, her touch. Is that how it works? It's exactly how it works. So I call complete bullshit because she should have smelled that semi coming. She should have felt it in the ground. Instead, she ate that thing like little church and pet cemetery. So your theory is... As soon as you get your eyes pecked out by a raven, you become an X-Man? Absolutely. And also, I said church. Church was the fucking cat. Gage. Gage got creamed by the semi, just like Elizabeth Taylor did right now. And yes, Greg, she should have straight up turned into Professor X. Okay, that seems fair. That sounds realistic to me. So now we have the Thorn family having a snowball fight, and Damien is fucking everyone up. Because the beast of land dwells in his tiny heart. Absolutely. He he is literally Beelzebub throwing snowballs at you. And it's Marky Mark's birthday. Fuck Marky Mark. With that in mind, Bill calls Paul an unethical scumbag drops the mic, and then bounces. So Paul decides that he's going to take a moment to hit on Damien for a little bit. Yeah, isn't this where he goes over and starts telling him about how he's going to get hair in in places he's never had hair before? Oh, he gives him a quick education on puberty, and he tells him all about the thorn business. He says, come visit me sometime at the plant, and asks him, You ever ever seen seen a grown grown man man naked? Yes, once. That's how I ended up in the wheelchair. That's why I'm in the wheelchair. 
While this is going on, Marky Mark is getting the celebration of a lifetime. This is clearly his last birthday because Marky Mark's last birthday was, in fact, his last birthday. Mm -hmm. Fireworks is going off. Meanwhile, in the other room, all these fucking rich-ass executives of Thorn Industries have to kiss Marky Mark's ass because one day this young Marky Mark will be their bosses. And the next day, everyone is playing ice hockey. Yeah, rich people really do this shit right, man. Right? They're just on vacation all the fucking time, just playing out their sports, just living it up. And Damien also rules at this because he has the puck handling skills of the Leviathan. (laughs) Unfortunately for everyone, Rocky the Raven shows up just in time to drop Bill through a hole in the ice, and his lungs get bored by icy water as this is going on greg i couldn't help but think of that one metallica song remember that metallica song trapped under ice no mama said anyway bill's dead forever so i guess uh, richard doesn't have to worry about having a partner at his business anymore unless yeah. you count paul who is clearly an agent of the devil total agent of chaos so big old dickie tells paul that he's going on vacation The death of his partner is weighing on him hard. Paul is the new president for a time. He tells him, you know, while you're in power, try not to molest my boys too much. Thank you. Paul just gives him a look that basically says, no promises in the wind, old man. Fat chance. We'll see how it goes while you're out of town. You kiss like my dad. And that's not very reassuring. So we cut to a scene where Damien is passing notes in class like a teenage girl. His teacher tries to make an example of him by humiliating him with facts, but unfortunately he didn't count on the wisdom of the Lord of the Pit. Yeah, so the Lord of Darkness straight up schools the school teacher on some very sweet Napoleon Dynamite facts. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte facts. Oh, he teaches him a thing or two about history. Teacher starts asking him all these dates, and he is just rattling off like a Gatlin gun. But here comes to save the day is Lieutenant Lance. Well, it turns out Damien knows fucking everything because the Prince of Darkness speaks through him. But Sergeant Hendrickson interrupts, calling him too much of a show-off and alludes that he knows exactly who he is, i.e. the Antichrist. And he tells him to slow his roll and maybe go home and read the Bible a little bit to find out exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You absolutely have to read what they wrote about you because it is total slander. But you know what? Some of them might be a little true. Yeah, and at the same time, you're kind of fucking up here, man. Like, don't don't poke your head above water quite so much, because we got a plan for you. So he tells him to read Revelations. So what does Damien do? He goes back to his dorm room, and he reads Revelations. Because he's a good I, boy, in spite of being, uh, you know, Satan spawn. I absolutely love that he knows everything about Napoleon Bonaparte. He knows dates of major historical events, but he knows fuck all about Revelations. He is not well averse to the biblical teachings. I can only assume it probably like burns to hold the Bible when you're the actual relative of Satan, right? He had literally no issue holding that or reading it or anything. Yeah, no, it turns out that he he spends a whole afternoon reading Revelations and learns exactly 
how his destiny is to destroy the weak and devour God himself. I mean, honestly, he could have just waited a few years until Iron Maiden came out, but whatever. Yeah, but he takes a minute to fuck around with his hair, and he finds the mark of the beast on his scalp. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast. Six! Six, six! Six hundred and sixty-six. The number Saint! of Saint! the beast! No singing. No singing. But he panics, and he runs outside, down through the, the lawn to the docks, screaming, Why me? Why did it have to happen to me? Woe to you. And honestly... I'm kind of wondering, like, why wouldn't you feel just kind of slightly privileged, slightly special to be the chosen one? You know yeah, I mean? in, you instead know he's running around like a regular Nancy Kerrigan, you know? Well, she did receive a, a hammer to the knee. <laughs> hey, a hammer to the knee, you find out you're the Antichrist. What's the fucking difference, Greg? Am I right? Hey, walk a flock off. Either way, it's probably going to cripple your figure skating career. But you'll mount a pretty serious comeback the next year or two. Yeah, and you'll lose to Oxana Bayul and end up with a silver medal. But you'll still get that sweet Wheaties deal. Meanwhile, Tanya Harding's got to go on and do celebrity boxing. I think she's like a carpenter now. Yep, just like Jesus. Hey, it all worked out in the end. Tanya Harding was the second coming of Christ this whole time. This whole fucking time. Instead of turning loaves into fishes or whatever the fuck that was, she turned kneecaps into broken kneecaps. She turned kneecaps into wine. <laughs> she turned gold medals into silver medals. Oksana oh! uh, Bayul, the people's champion. <laughs> happened to her oh Oksana we hardly knew ye she's probably pulling a plow in fucking Siberia <laughs> if they didn't want her to farm the land they shouldn't have named her Oksana <laughs> <laughs> Oksana ah oh, that's good Greg so this is where Mr. Pisarian informs Paul Everyone they're trying to buy land from keeps getting strangled to death for some fucking reason. I guess loosely related to the Kerrigan story that we just elaborated on. Allegedly. And he tells him that this is actually very frustrating because they're having a hard time making progress with their business ventures. Yeah. And right around the same time, Damien takes a field trip to the Cracker Factory. I never knew Cracker production could be so exciting. And he sees Pisarian through a window and does not like the look of him one fucking bit. Not one goddamn bit. He stares him down like only the son of Satan can. Yep. And because his actions are controlled by the father of lies, he causes a vet to explode poisonous gas everywhere and bores everyone in the goddamned room. Everybody got bored but Damien. Yes. Everybody has to deal with emphysema. Kids' lungs is being fucked. It is just a disaster. Yeah, it's real rough. They're going to feel the effects of that later in life. <laughs> so, Dr. Arsenio Hall tells Dick Thorne that Damien is the only boy totally unaffected by breathing in this weird factory gas. 
So because Damien does not appreciate his meddling, he bores the doctor in half in an elevator. Yeah, ghost ship style. Dr. Winslow from Police Academy gets fucked in half. Because he's powered by Mephistopheles. So Charles Warren is now dicking around in the museum basement, and he finds the journal of Grizzly Bugenhagen. This causes him to lose his fucking mind and run outside screaming in panic, ready to warn everyone that Damien is, in fact, the seed of the devil. Yeah, we saw this coming, though. Meanwhile, Damien is very innocently watching a movie and getting Way too close with his mother on the couch. Technically, they're not blood. It's like his adopted mother, though. Yeah, but it's been seven years, and he's turning 13. He's starting to get boners. You know what? She's not bad looking. Inappropriate. I I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. Just terrible. Well, you know what? That's why I described this as a real Gabriel Byrne move. Because I think Damien thought it was kind of fun, too, in a real devilish sort of way he did it for the devilry this is a type of uh, moral quandary that most humans probably would have a problem with but uh not the hell spawn he don't give a shit he doesn't care if this is mom he doesn't care if this is his aunt it's like you know what i'm gonna fuck jackals i'm gonna fuck my fake aunt i don't care but before he can seal the deal, Charles busts in to tell Big Dick Thorne that Damien is the spawn of Satan. But Marky Mark, oh, he hears everything. Yeah, and the next day, Damien stalks Marky Mark through the woody woods. Pretty, pretty good, right? Yeah, <laughs> and Mark freaks out and tells him that he was born of a jackal and I will not follow you. Damien gives him several chances to join him as the ruler of hell, but Marky Mark resists because his funky bunch is at stake. Because it's about that time to bring forth the rhythm and the rhyme because he's going to get his before he gets mine. Right, brother? That was good what you did. I mean, no need for speed. I'm D-R-U-G. You know what? Fuck it. You, everyone knows the song. Every You do it at karaoke. Everyone has a good time. You all know what I'm getting at. What really happens here is the fact that Marky Mark gets bored! You've seen the video. He doesn't wear pants. Marky Mark gets bored. Damien asks him to come with him to hell. He refuses. So Damien bores him in the brain with Moloch rays. Yeah, straight up gives him an aneurysm. Oh, yeah, he fucks uh, his mind up. Uh, so he drops dead as shit. Everyone has a funeral for Mark, and the Dixter gets on a plane to New York. And I have to say, this is a little bit hasty. I mean, he's, he's just burying a family member, probably a couple of them. He's, a lot of it, people that he knows are dying all around him. But he's like, yeah, his I'll fly son. to New York two nights. He just buried his son. And my first thought was, this cannot end well. But he beats the odds and lands safely. You know what? Yeah, I, I kind of, because it's my first time watching the movie, I actually thought that plane was going to crash. He meets Charles in New York City, who tells him that the Damien wall painting is going to be delivered post-haste, and it's too late to stop it. So, they go to the train yard, and, you know, long story short, I don't mean to beat around the bush here, he gets trained. 
Uh, he, he seriously gets trained in the most Benny Hill death I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it, he had a long time to get out of the way. He, he totally did. So what happens is he's standing on a train tracks. He's having, he's all paranoid. He's all schizo. And a train comes by, slowly kind of scoops him up. He's kicking his feet going, oh no, oh heavens to Bitsy. And you hear, he's a victim of physics, I think is the problem. He's a victim of comedy, really. Yeah, he's stuck to the train, and he cannot unglue himself. Yeah, so he gets bored between two trains. Dead forever. While this is going on, uh, Richard Thorne is on the the caboose. He sees the wall. He sees the mural. He sees Damien's face. And this is where he is absolutely convinced that Damien is, in fact, the Antichrist. That his brother wasn't crazy. His brother knew what he was doing. That uh, uh, Padre Pio, he knew what he was doing. He was, everybody knew what they were doing. They all knew that he was the Antichrist. And finally, this all came to fruition. And he travels all the way back to Chicago to right the wrong that is the existence of his illegitimate Satan son slash nephew slash adopted devil. Well, this is going on. There's a graduation from that military school. Corporal Lance Hendrickson gives Damien the sword of who gives a fuck, which means he's the top of the class or some shit. I don't the know. The sword of excellence. There it is. You know, it'd be a lot cooler than that if nah. he got that sword that Cloud had in Final Fantasy. Oh, the or that sword. Re- yeah, or that really sweet sword that uh, Vampire Hunter D had in... Uh, Vampire Hunter D. Oh, the one that's uh, like 20 feet long? Oh, that sword's sweet as shit, man. Sephiroth had that same fucking sword. How about the Highlander sword? There's a lot of good I swords. was just gonna say that. Or maybe the Claymore that uh, William Wallace used in Braveheart? Ah, fuck that guy. That's a pretty good sword. There's a lot of good swords. You know what? He handed him Darth Vader's lightsaber. Cool. And this signifies that he's the best because the adversary guides his path. Nothing gonna ever praise me. No singing. No praising the devil with song. I I can't start singing some King Diamond right now. I think the rule is pretty clear. While this graduation is going on, uh, Papa Thorne and Mama Thorne are going through the museum frantically trying to find the seven daggers of Zubacaba to stab Damien to fucking death with. Big uh, Richard but... is freaking out. He grabs Bugenhagen's holy daggers with the intent to stab the evil out of a 13-year-old boy and tries to stop him with words, but pulls a full heel turn and stabs him right in the fucking guts. Damien rewards her with hellfire. This bitch is bored in a flaming death. He boldly struts to the front steps of the museum where some soon-to-be-bored cops pull up to investigate what the fuck is happening in this museum that is haunted by Satan. The end. Oh yeah, and it turns out that that limo driver is also a conspirator of Satan. Oh yeah, they're all Satan spiders, is that what you said? They're spiders? They're all spiders. They're all spiders of Satan. All right, so there you have it, the omen to Damien. I absolutely love this movie, 1978. It's a continuation of the story. The pacing of this movie is, you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. 
every time somebody gets close to figuring out what Damien is, like the doctor found out that he had jackal DNA, uh, and he got bored in half by an elevator. The deaths are pretty sweet. Everything's very subtle. It's minimal gore, but the deaths are pretty brutal. You know, being trapped under ice, aneurysms, heart attacks, all that crazy shit being set on fire. Damien straight up set his uh, his aunt mother on fire who knew who he was because she was also, uh, as you said, a spider of Satan. I fucking love this goddamn movie. Four out of five scaries. You lost a star because there's no tits or ass in it. But, ah, god damn, this is a good fucking movie. Greg, how do you feel about The Omen to Damien? You're correct about the notable lack of tittery. I agree with that. Yeah. But as much as I don't like kids, I do love seeing them fuck up other people with elevators and fire and what have you. So I agree with everything you said. I got to give this an easy five out of five. All right, man. That, that's very rare for you. I like it. I like it a lot. Everybody, uh, be sure to check out our friends over at the Slashers Podcast. Slashers Again, Podcast. We will be on uh, their next episode reviewing the Toxic Avenger 2. <laughs> now, this does conclude our March of the Penguins month. Greg, do you want to give any hints or indications as to what we're going to be doing for the month of May? Well, we have a bit of a clever pun in mind. Some of you may have guessed it. I think we got a couple of emails, a couple of messages with people who... Uh, basically know what we're getting at here because we've dropped hints over the last few episodes if you haven't listened to them go back yep. you might be able to figure it out mommy can i go out and live in a pyramid tonight Whoa! yeah it turns out we're doing all glenn danzig movies for the That's month right. of may we're reviewing veronica start with we're veronica death rider in the house of vampires that, that vampire one yeah and uh previews of the new shit i think there's werewolves there's gonna be knife fights probably a motorcycle or two and who fucking knows glenn's probably gonna star in a bunch of that shit so stay tuned for mommy featuring everything that we did not just say in that blurb it's a whole fucking mystery we're gonna have ourselves a real good time Guest appearance by Brendan Fraser himself. And Jet Li. Sure. And uh, a 3,000-year-old corpse covered in bandages. We haven't yeah. given him a name yet, but he just won't go away. Real Daniel Day. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, this upcoming month here. I know last year we did mm -hmm. Mayhem, where we did nothing but pig horror. Some of you may recognize the origin of our board running joke, which is still funny to me. So I guess, uh, Greg, in closing, love each other, care for one another, but most importantly, keep, keep it, it spooky. Damn, that's scary. So wait, I don't get to do the fuck thing now. Mm-mm. That's a different question, stupid. All right. I'm not picking my nose. The inside of my right nostril is incredibly itchy. I believe it. Uh, That's good, Greg. <laughs> I just wash these jeans.